All right, what is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Through My Eyes podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and today, today, ladies and gentlemen, with the end of the NBA season approaching us, I'm going to be giving y'all my opinions, my predictions on who I think is going to make it out the first round, who's going to win in the play-in tournament, and teams and players who I believe are going to have a huge impact for their teams and put on a show in the 2022 NBA playoffs. So with that intro out of the way, let's get into today's podcast. And the first matchup we have is the Phoenix Suns versus the winner of the Pelicans and Lakers or the Pelicans and Spurs. Because right now the Lakers and Spurs are tied for the 10th seed in the Western Conference. The Lakers are on like a I think four game losing streak. They're four and 13 since the all-star break playing terrible basketball. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are out right now. And even though Russell Westbrook hasn't had the best season of his career, he's actually playing all right basketball right now. The problem with the Los Angeles Lakers is they're one of the worst defensive teams I've ever seen with my own two eyes. All my friends say the same. Everyone that watched the Lakers say the same. And at this point, why are we even talking about the Lakers? I know LeBron James is on the team, Anthony Davis is on the team, and Russell Westbrook's on the team, but they're at the brink of missing the playoffs. So what's the point? What's the point of wasting our time talking about a team that that could potentially not even make the playoffs? And with the end of the season coming, we don't talk about the Knicks or Washington or, or Portland or Sacramento. You know why? Because they're not the Lakers. And as a Laker fan, like, I just, I don't like it. I understand that we're just one of the most popular brand name teams. So we're going to be talked about a lot, but we're bad. Stop talking about us. There's no reason to talk about a bad team when (laughs) they're just have been playing bad all year. There has been, there hasn't been really any bright spots for the Lakers at all. Maybe the only bright spot is Malik Monk and Austin Reeves, two very talented young players. Austin Reeves is a player undrafted that we brought in, and I hope we keep him. Malik Monk, we signed in the offseason. I hope we also keep him. He's had a lot. He's had a couple bright spots this season, but he is a little stagnant with his play. So, But we just can't rely on Malik Monk to be the star. We need Russell Westbrook to play at an elite level. We need Anthony Davis to be more reliable. We need Frank Vogel to be that voice in the locker room. And then at the end of the day, I think that's what the problem was. I think Frank Vogel isn't the right voice in the locker room for the veterans, for these guys. I believe they needed a older head, like an old head, a guy that's been around the league for a while because this team is filled with old veterans there I think their average age is about like 36 37 years old Melo's 37 LeBron's 37 Dwight's 35 Westbrook's 33 they're a very old squad Trevor Reese is 34 35 and they just don't play defense anymore LeBron James is still one of the most talented offensive players in the, the league has to offer he's he could potentially take home the scoring title this year but the Los Angeles Lakers should just not be talked about on ESPN. <laughs> and the funny thing is I just did a whole like one minute, two minute ramble on how bad they are. And I was just saying on, I was just saying we shouldn't talk about them. So let's not talk about them. 
they're not a good team, I'm done talking about them. Let's talk about teams that are actually going to be making noise in the playoffs and are exciting to watch because the Los Angeles Lakers are not a fun team to watch. And it's sad to say because Russell Westbrook is one of my favorite players ever. He's my favorite player in the league. And before this season, before the season, he was my favorite player in the league. And he still is my, my favorite player in the league. And I hope if he stays in the Lakers next year, I hope he has a very strong season. And if he gets traded, I hope he has a very strong season. Because I don't like seeing Russell Westbrook being bashed in the media, being bashed by fans. Because he is not the main reason. He is not the sole reason for the Lakers' struggles. The Lakers do not play any type of defense. Russell Westbrook is averaging, is averaging over 18 points, 9 rebounds, and 9 assists. I know he's had a couple turnover, huge turnover games, but it's just not his fault. The Lakers just don't play any bit of defense. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league on the perimeter and inside. Also, if Dwight Howard's not in the game, they don't play any inside defense. Zero. And even when Dwight's in the game, he can only play it for spritz because he's 35 years old and he's not the same Dwight Howard that we've grown to love. It's just he's not. He's still a very talented player. He's still a very solid rotation piece on a score on a winning championship team. But he's just not your starting center. He's a rotation piece. And if he's your starting center, you need an Anthony Davis. You need a LeBron James in the lineup. Because <laughs> the last couple games with these guys out, I've been seeing Dwight Howard being the focal point of our offense. And it's just not it's just not the move. He's not an offensive talent anymore. He is a defensive stud. Like he could do everything on the defensive end still for spritz, but he's just not an offensive guy. Alright, I'm done. I'm done talking about the Lakers. I'm done. Because I literally just said I was done talking about them and then I went back into talking about them. Let's talk about some winning teams. <laughs> uh like the Dallas Mavericks, who are on a three-game winning streak. Uh, in their last 10, they're 7-3. and three. Luka and the Mavericks blew out the Lakers a couple nights ago, showing no type of mercy. Their record right now is 48-29. and 29. Obviously, obviously, Luka is averaging over 25 points per game, shooting over 40% from field goal range. One of the best young players the league has to offer. And I know, I did say that the trade with Spencer Dinwiddie and Porzingis wasn't the smartest trade. And I like to admit when I was wrong, I was. Because Spencer did what he... Yeah, sorry guys, I don't know what happened. For some reason, the video just, the podcast just cut off. But back to what I was saying. Obviously, Luka Doncic is one of the league's most talented players. And don't sleep on the Dallas Mavericks. They're going to make a deep run in the Western Conference. And I know what I said about the Porzingis and Dinwiddie trade, but I like to admit when I was wrong and your boy was wrong because Dinwiddie has been playing a great basketball, amazing basketball for the for the Dallas Mavericks. And I really hope that this translates into the playoffs because as we know from previous seasons, when the playoffs start, it becomes the Lucas show for the Dallas Mavericks. And I really hope that Jason Kidd has changed the mindset in Luka because obviously when it's Luca's show, it's very entertaining. It's fun basketball to watch, but it's not always winning basketball because Luca will be putting up these insane numbers, but end up losing the game because he didn't get enough of his teammates involved. But 
this season is different. I can see Jason Kidd has is turning Luka slowly into a pure point guard, just like he was in his career. Jason Kidd is one of the league's best point guards ever. So he's turning Luka Doncic into that, a pure point guard that will get his teammates involved at the right time, at the right place. Uh, next up, we have the Golden State Warriors with a 48-29 and 29 record. Uh, the Golden State Warriors obviously started off the season. <laughs> Sorry for that noise. I was just um, reading something like a notification popped up. But uh, back to what I was saying, um, the Golden State Warriors have obviously had a wishy-washy year. Uh, they're on a four-game losing streak. And their last 10, they're 3-7. and seven. At the beginning of the season, Steph looked like an MVP candidate, but that slowly slowed down as they started to lose games. And they did get Klay Thompson back, but Klay Thompson is not the same Klay as we're used to seeing. Hopefully he gets back to his old form again in the playoffs, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, next up, the Utah Jazz. thing about the Utah Jazz is they always have a very solid regular season. All their players go off. Last year, Jordan Clarkson was sixth man of the year. Donovan Mitchell, one of the most elusive, talented players league has to offer. Rudy Gobert, defensive player of the year. But they always seem to fall off in the playoffs. Like, they never meet the expectations that are set for them. So I just can't pick them to win anything or go far in the playoffs. I'm sorry, Utah. Uh, Next up, Denver. Now, this team... This team is dangerous. They could potentially get Jamal Murray back, a very talented point guard who can score off the ball, run the pick and roll. We all know what Jamal Murray did in the bubble a couple years ago. He had like a couple 50-point games going back-to-back with Donovan Mitchell. And if the Denver Nuggets get this guy back with what they've already accomplished this year without him, it's going to be scary hours for the rest of the league. And now to get into the play-in tournament matchups... We have the Minnesota Timberwolves with a 43-34 record. And in my opinion, I don't think they should be in the playing tournament. They've been playing great basketball all year. Carl Anthony Towns is an all-star again. He's for sure on the all, one of the all-NBA teams. Patrick Beverly should be on an all-defensive team. D'Lo was a bubble all-star. Anthony Edwards was a bubble all-star. He, you, we all know how talented Anthony Edwards is. He's a high flyer. He can shoot from three. He could post you up. D'Lo, one of the best crossovers in the game. And they're getting their other guys involved, like Jared Vanderbilt. And Jalen McDaniels, very talented young wings that can guard one through four. So the Minnesota Timberwolves are a very talented defensive squad and obviously very talented offensive squad. So don't be surprised if they knock off or get a couple games over a talented team in the Western Conference. And now for the next squad, the Los Angeles Clippers. They've had a very impressive season as well. Without Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, they've got themselves to the eighth seed in the Western Conference with 37 wins and only 40 losses. Reggie Jackson's averaging over 16 points per game, shooting over 40% from field goal range and over 32% from three-point range. Even though they don't have one guy, one main star, they play so well. They play so great together as a collective unit. 
led by Tyrone Lue. And if Tyrone Lue doesn't win coach of the year, then I'm just going to be shook. It should be him or M.A. Udoka, the head coach of the Boston Celtics, just because these guys, these coaches, just put something into their players. They give them, they put some type of fire under them that I haven't seen from a lot of other coaches in the NBA, especially, I don't want to talk about him, but big homie Frank Vogel. I don't see that from him. I don't see the same type of energy and coaching ability from Frank Vogel like I see from Tyron Lue and M.A. Udoka. And to get into the next team, the New Orleans Pelicans, they've been playing great basketball as of late. They're on a two-game winning streak. Their last 10, they're 6-4. and four. They're 33-43. and 43. We all know that they got C.J. McCollum. C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram have been playing great together as a backcourt. They beat the Lakers a couple nights ago, and I just, they're most likely not going to go far in the play-in tournament they're, or the playoffs, but they're just a fun team to watch. CJ McCollum has been playing great basketball. Brandon Ingram, like I said, has been playing great basketball. Jonas Valanciunas, Jonas Valanciunas has been holding down the inside for them, so they're just a fun team to watch, and and yeah, uh, and last but not least for this for the Western Conference, the San Antonio Spurs with a 31 and 45 record, just knocking out the Los Angeles Lakers. And the Spurs and Lakers are tied right now for the 10th seed, but the Spurs have an easier record, and I just see them making it over the Lakers, and I don't want to see Lakers in it. Like I said before, I'm done with the Lakers. They don't deserve to be in the playoffs this year. Put the Spurs in there. Pop deserves it. DeJounte Murray deserves it. Kelton Johnson deserves it. Jakob Pertl. All these very talented young players deserve to be in the playoffs. And I like to see these young squads in the playoffs. It's more entertaining and it's just better basketball. They play on both ends of the floor at an elite level. Not like the Lakers who are stagnant on defense at at times. And to get into the Eastern Conference, we have the Miami Heat at the first spot with a 49-28 record. And if you guys did not see a couple... The showers on? Oh, it was on? Yeah. All right, y'all, I'm back. I apologize. Something happened. No biggie. But let me get back to the program, regular scheduled program. And I was talking about the Miami Heat, the first seed in the Eastern Conference with a 27 and 12 home record, a 2020. A, t- a 22 and 16 road record and their last 10 they're 5 and 5 and they're on a two game winning streak. If you guys did not see a couple nights ago there was a little spat on the bench between Jimmy Butler, Udonis Haslam and Eric Spoelstra. And post game Eric Spoelstra made a joke saying we were just arguing about what we wanted to get for dinner after the game. And <laughs> that shit cracked me up because why would he tell you why they were arguing? And on the post presser, or whatever the hell you want to call it, on inside the NBA with Shaq and D Wade, they're having a conversation on heat culture and how this is normal for them. They showed a video of D Wade going at it with Eric Spolster twice, and I wasn't surprised. I remember seeing that when I was younger. This is just how the Miami Heat play basketball. It's very intense and it's very emotional. They're all invested 
heavily into their team, heavily into their craft. So I'm not surprised that that's just family stuff. Family argues. So the Miami Heat are still a very strong unit and are going to make some noise in the playoffs. Uh, They're talented on the defensive end and, of course, the offensive end. Jimmy Butler is one of the league's best two-way players. The only thing about the Miami Heat is we don't know who is going to be their scorer that's just going to take them to that next level. Is it going to be Jimmy Butler? Is it going to be Tyler Hero? Is it going to be Bam Adebayo? Who's going to be their 30-point scorer in the playoffs? Because you can have players that are scoring 20-plus, multiple players that are scoring 20-plus, but you need that guy, that guy that at the end of games, when it's close, when it's 98 to 98, you need that guy to close it out for you. And Jimmy Butler can be that guy, but sometimes he can't. So hopefully he steps up and just becomes that guy at all times. Or Tyler Hero maybe needs to step up and become that guy for the Miami Heat. And for the second seed, there's the Milwaukee Bucks are sitting at the second seed. They have a 48-28 and record. Obviously, they have Giannis Antetokounmpo, one of the league's most talented players. They're also the reigning NBA champions and, in my opinion, are going to reach the Eastern Conference Finals again this year. They have the same unit. They're playing great basketball as well this year. They play elite on both ends of the floor. Chris Middleton has been playing great basketball. Drew Holiday has been playing great basketball. And Bobby Portis filled in the role perfectly that Brooke Lopez played. Brooke Lopez was out for the majority of the season. He just came back as of recent, but Bobby Portis had some huge games in Brook Lopez's absence. And with Brook Lopez back and Bobby Portis, there's two seven-footers who can shoot the three and guard on in the guard on the inside. So that just makes the Bucks extra dangerous. And I wouldn't be surprised if they have the same success as they did last year. The next team, Boston Celtics, with a 47 and 30 record. Now this team. I've talked about a lot. They're one of my favorite teams to watch. They were struggling at the beginning of the season. But something flipped in January. Some type of switch turned in all their heads. And they started playing as a cohesive unit. Jason Tatum averaging over 30 points per game in the month of March. Jalen Brown averaging over 25 points per game. The addition of Derek White, a very talented off-the-ball scorer who can also play in the pick-and-roll very efficiently. If you guys have not seen, a couple years ago, he had a stretch of like 30-point games in the playoffs over a very good team when he was on the San Antonio Spurs. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has those same type of games for the Boston Celtics this year. They have so many scorers. They also have Robert Williams holding down the paint. Some bad news about Robert Williams, though. He did suffer an injury and may be out for a significant amount of time. Hopefully he comes back for the Boston Celtics, but they do have the savvy veteran Al Horford who's been playing great basketball for them and he's just going to fill in that middle role for them when Robert Williams is out. But not having Robert Williams is a huge hit for them because he is one of the league's best centers, one of the league's best young centers. He's averaging over two blocks per game and averaging 10 points and 11 rebounds. So it is a big hit to their roster not having him but Al Horford will fill in for those extra minutes. And they also did get Daniel Tice back. 
And they have Grant Williams who can play three through five. So they're still a very solid, young, deep squad. And next up, Philadelphia with a 46 and 30 record. And the thing about Philadelphia is right when they got James Harden, they were playing great basketball. And it looked like Philly was just going to run away with the East. But as of recent, they haven't been playing that great. They're on a three-game losing streak. Their last 10, they're 5-5. Five and five. In my opinion, Joel should still take home the MVP. But Nikola Jokic is playing great basketball. Giannis is playing great basketball. Devin Booker. There's a lot of other guys that could end up taking home the award over Joel Embiid. And I don't think that should happen. Joel Embiid has pretty much played all of his games this season. Playing at an elite level, his footwork is some of the best I've ever seen. It reminds me of Kobe. It's glimpses of Kobe because guess what? He was practicing Kobe's footwork in the offseason. Kobe's footwork, Elijah wants footwork. All the best players in NBA history with the best footwork. He was practicing that, just upping his game, making himself better. This man, Joel Embiid, could do anything on the basketball court. And I still see them making some noise in the playoffs. And Boston and Philadelphia is going to be a very entertaining matchup because both those teams have lost to each other. Both of these teams have given each other L's. And every time they play each other, it's an entertaining matchup. So I just can't wait for that. Uh, next up, Chicago with a 45-32 and 32 record. Everybody knows how the Chicago Bulls started off the season. They're the first seed, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, one of the best teams in the NBA. DeMar DeRozan was getting MVP chance. He was in the MVP conversation. But as of recent, they have not been playing the same type of basketball. And that's because their team has been riddled with injuries. Like Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball hasn't really played at all this season. Zach Levine was out for a significant amount of time. Same with Patrick Williams. So their defensive identity was stripped away, stripped away from them. Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso, when they're on the floor, were some of the best perimeter defenders the league had to offer. So taking them away from that squad just kind of turned the Chicago Bulls into more of an offensive squad, and it just featured DeMar DeRozan in the mid-range. And it was not the same. They were winning games, but it wasn't the same Chicago team that was blowing out teams throughout the regular season because Lonzo and Caruso were just that dynamic on the defensive line of the ball. So until they get those guys back, I don't see Chicago doing anything that drastic in the NBA playoffs. And for the sixth seed, the Toronto Raptors, they're 44 and 32. Obviously, obviously the Toronto Raptors have a very talented group of young players with Gary Trent Jr., Pascal Siakam, Chris Boucher, Precious Achua, Malachi Flynn, the rookie, Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi. Their team is stacked with young talent, and they've taken some big wins off some very talented teams this year. So don't be surprised if Toronto knocks off a couple games off one of your favorite teams. Just, just don't be surprised. Next up, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're the seventh seed with a 42-35 and 35 record. This is just dope to see because Cleveland this is the first time Cleveland has been in the NBA playoffs without LeBron James since like the 90s. So that's just an amazing feat to pass. And I'm proud of 
<laughs> I'm saying I'm proud of. I'm impressed on Darius Garland's play, Jared Allen's play. Both of them were all-stars this year. Evan Mobley was in the Rookie of the Year race. They have a very talented, deep squad. They have the veteran Rajon Rondo who comes off the bench and plays very solid minutes for them. And yeah, they're just a very exciting team. Maybe they won't do um, as much as these other teams, but they're still going to be very fun to watch. And for the A seed, we have the Brooklyn Nets with a 40-37 and 37 record. Um, thing about the Brooklyn Nets is they do now have Kyrie back in the lineup for home games and away games, but I don't know if this is going to make a difference. I just don't see them having the chemistry to win a bunch of playoff series. I just don't see it. And for the ninth seed, we have Charlotte with a 40-37 and 37 record. They're on a one-game winning streak. Their last 10, they're 8-2. and two. I can see them easily um, making some noise in the playoffs. Not like legitimate noise, but maybe knocking a couple games off a legitimate team. But I don't see them winning any playoff series just because they're very young and they haven't really figured out an identity yet. And last but not least, the Atlanta Hawks with a 40-37 record. They're on a four-game winning streak. The last 10, they're 7-3. Trey Young has been on a tear this month. In the month of March, he was on a tear, and coming into the month of April, he's been on a tear. He's been playing insane basketball, averaging over nine points, I mean nine assists, and 35 points. This man is unstoppable on the on the offensive end, unstoppable in the pick and roll. So they can easily knock out the Charlotte Hornets and end up being the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference facing off the Miami Heat. And for the first round playoff matchups, I told you I'll give you guys my predictions. From Dallas versus Nuggets, I got Dallas coming out on top. You know what? I'm going to save the predictions. Sorry, y'all. I'm going to save the predictions for another time. So this is the end of my podcast. Hope you all enjoyed it. Deuces.